Hello and welcome to episode two of the How to Sleep podcast. So in the last episode, I talked about how it was important to understand that there is a good likelihood that you don't have a physical sleep problem, that your physiological processes are functioning and why that was. In today's episode, I wanted to share my views on some of the reasons that I feel resulted in the magnitude of sleep issues that we see today, particularly in the US, the UK and some other countries in Europe. So let me jump right in with this, because once we break this down, then you may start to see potential areas for what you need to focus on to address your sleep issues. Welcome to the How to Sleep podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bateman, qualified adult sleep coach, a previous sufferer of insomnia and mum of three. I believe that sleep is fundamental to your enjoyment of the life you have worked so hard to create and I support adults like you who are struggling to sleep to get back to sleep and back to living your life in full colour and with maximum energy. This podcast is for you if you are taking ages to get to sleep or waking in the night and can't get back to sleep or both. Keep listening to find out how sleep works, the essential elements you need to get the sleep you deserve and actionable steps that you can take. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about the potential causes of sleep problems. And the first cause of the problem, in my view, is the general lack of education amongst most people about how sleep actually works and how our thoughts and actions affect our sleep physiology. And I have to say, this was completely me. From my point of view, when I had my sleep issues, I thought, look, I'm generally intelligent. I thought I was educated and well-read. I've got qualifications in biology and chemistry, but when I had trouble sleeping and I started to do my research on sleep, I was astounded at just how little I knew, at how ignorant I was about my own body and mind, and most importantly, how much I'd been doing, which was inadvertently contributing to the problems I was experiencing it without even knowing it. And I'll be honest, I was also a little angry on some level as well, like, why did nobody teach this stuff in school? Why weren't more people talking about this? Why weren't we being warned that some of our actions, even small things, could cumulatively contribute to a future sleep problem? But then when I started to fix my sleep problem, I began to feel excited about the fact that many of the solutions weren't complicated and, you know, the prospect of more people starting to talk and share and spread the word that some of this stuff was simple and easily applied, even if you're really busy. Okay, so so lack of education, definitely uh, the first cause. Um, secondly, for a few generations now, we've been building on the social acceptance of trading sleep for productivity. And we've largely ignored the knowledge of previous generations and the overwhelming scientific evidence which links sleep to high levels of function and productivity and replace this with several generations of rhetoric around the heroic achiever who sacrifices sleep to get more done. So it's become ingrained in our culture to associate sleep with boring people, lazy people, wimps, losers and surviving on less sleep to achieve more as some kind of ultimate goal and with a bit of martyrdom thrown in for good measure as well so it's no wonder that when it's so ingrained 
people generally have such a hard time prioritizing sleep and believing in sleep. And it's sad to say that the majority of people I help with sleep have been affected by this in some way. And most of them are not even aware of it. So let's go deeper on this for a minute and I'll, I'll give you a further example. When I grew up in the 80s, popular culture was full of images and messages about heroic um, sacrificial sleep in exchange for success and that people who cared about achieving would gladly sleep less in order to achieve more or to be more busy. And at the same time, it was also growing in cultural acceptance the importance of eating well and exercising regularly and that was talked about and kind of fitness on the telly and and on all of that and it's no coincidence to me then that as an adult I, I eat well I understand the importance of eating well and exercise I'm generally fit and healthy but I completely develop sleep problems um, as my life got busier and busier and this is where our subconscious plays a role that most of us don't even realize it's it's an ingrained habit based on our subconscious beliefs. So you can talk about the fact that you want to sleep and that you want to prioritise sleep, but then when it comes down to it, you struggle to make time for a bedtime routine or you're telling yourself that you don't have time. But it could just be your subconscious working to revert to your ingrained beliefs around the importance of sleep or the lack of importance of sleep that it has. And I'm going to come back to this point in future episodes because it's so critical. The third contributing factor, I think, is the growing trend in being active or having the potential to be active 24 hours a day. And this really became more of a mainstream trend with the introduction of the electric light in homes, you know, over 100 years ago. And then, of course, we've ratcheted that up another notch with the introduction of phones and then work phones and now smartphones. So the lines which used to be so concrete between day and night, high levels of activity and low levels of activity, um, being on the go and resting, they're now so blurred that our brain is struggling to understand the messages that it's being given. And on top of this, we are just not resting our minds really at all while we're awake. And this constant overload of heavy brain processing is exacerbating the problem even further. So... Let's take a step back and sum up. We have a population which has largely grown up on messages that reinforce the concepts that activity is good and inactivity is bad, that achievement requires self-sacrifice and that you should be available 24-7. And at the same time, we've completely failed to educate the general population in how sleep works and how our actions and thoughts affect our sleep physiology and psychology so that people are not aware of how they can inadvertently create a problem much less have the knowledge and skills to nip it in the bud at an early stage. So, you know, if that's not a recipe for a population with a chronic insomnia problem, I really don't know what is. Okay, so hopefully today has been helpful for you to see the cultural context of your life and how that may have set you up for a sleep problem um, that you now experience. So next time I'll be talking about the flip side of this, which is that you are ultimately in control of your sleep even when it feels like you are not. Thank you for listening. I hope you found some value in today's episode. If you did, and you know others who would benefit from hearing this information as well, then please share with them. And if you would be so kind as to leave a positive review of the podcast, this will support me in my mission to spread the message of sleep as wide as possible. Thank you so much. 
If you can't wait until the next episode and you want more guidance right now, then head on over to my website and get access to my free sleep resources. Link in the show notes. Or follow me on Instagram at Nikki.Blakeman. Wishing you a peaceful night's sleep.